All right, guys, welcome back for another podcast uh, today. Uh, it's, of course, myself and Ben, but Dr. Katie will be joining us shortly. Uh, we are live and on site at uh, the end of what was our groundbreaking ceremony for our new clinic, uh, which is going to come somewhere under 11,000 square feet, uh, 10 and a half, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so you'll kind of see, of course, we've got some heavy machinery behind us. We're in a canopy enclosed tent, so... <laughs> We're definitely on site uh, with this today. So um, today's episode is not really going to have a ton of structure. Um, we just kind of do some general recap of what has happened in the last um, several, I guess, what, 13 podcasts mm -hmm. um, and just kind of be a little bit of an interlude or intermission episode. Um, so here we go. Welcome to the podcast. So, a we're in a bit of a, a a bit of a opportune moment. Yes, opportune location. Yes, to perform podcast number fourteen. Yeah, it's a little chilly. It's a little loud. Yeah. So if you guys hear some some highway sounds or some clanging of some uh, canopy yes. uh, braces yeah. and all that jazz, yeah, please please mind the noise. <laughs> yeah, yes, but it's um, not, a, not a fantasy. Those noises are certainly real. <laughs> they are real. This You're not, not ambiance track. <laughs> <laughs> this is now 150 yards that way. Yes. So four lane highway. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> just never mind. Stop I was talking. Make a really bad joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had we had uh, three dad jokes last episode. So that's true. I feel like that's pretty good. Uh, I, I guess I was just going to say that the juice could get to the highway in roughly about 10 seconds. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, OJ. OJ. Yes. Yeah, yes for, yeah. for the young listeners. Yes, right. <laughs> Who's yes. the juice? Yeah, the juice. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's enough of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So we had our groundbreaking here uh, just about... Eh, two hours ago. A couple hours ago, yeah. Um, had a whole bunch of people here, a bus full of accountants and <sighs> bankers and builders. and Yeah, I even met the president of the bank. That was pretty awesome. You know, I mean, it's... I always like... I mean, Annie, um, she kind of makes fun of me because, you know, she's like... She, I can run up the flagpole really, really fast. <laughs> you know, I yep. mean, in, in a traditional hierarchical organization, I mean, it's... it's if what I have found and coming into dealing with really any corporate structure, it's like if you yourself have accountability and other people around you don't, and you just enforce and sort of maintain your actual accountableness or accountability, mm -hmm. you can get to the top pretty quick. Yeah. It's just like, well, you know, I can't help you with that. Okay. I understand you can't help me with that. So uh, let's move to the next person. Right. So it's when you've, when you've as accountable, once you've already identified a solution, you just got to keep moving until right. you can implement it. You it's know? funny too. Like the, the likelihood of that individual actually having a similar nature is probably pretty high since uh, yeah. he's, <laughs> President, of, president of the bank. Of it, yeah. He's got to have some sort of skill set in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, which yeah, yeah. Then even in that capacity, I, you're you're exactly right. I mean, I think once in quote unquote said organization where I've sort of run up the flagpole in that regard, it's like it's never really been met with um, malice or like why are you talking to me? It's like right. most of the time, you know, as you start to you know, get into more and more accountability. We had talked about that again as this sort of being a recap episode of the last several podcasts um, is 
you know, accountability follows accountability. You know, you really, when you have very, very successful businesses, um, whether it be, you know, financial institutions, uh, you know, to accountants, to veterinary clinics, to manufacturing facilities, like as you start to have more and more accountability, it's like y'all just run together. Right. You know, it's, right. it becomes easier to have um, more fruitful conversations. Um, last night I had actually, uh, Katie and I had gone out to dinner with um, some of our reps from HESCA. Mm-hmm. It was basically to that end, you know, it's like, you know, you know, being salesmen, their perspective was, you know, don't, don't put a deal together without holding up your end, you know, and it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know, it's like, as you start to have people, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. It's like, we'll do it. Right. You know? Right. And, and I don't think just say it. don't just, yeah, it's not just words. And I think that's kind of what like the undertone of today was, you know, was that, <laughs> us basically just saying nope we're gonna do this you know it's we're gonna take a chance we're gonna take a leap of faith we're gonna jump out into the world and you know no longer you know be associates which i think there's a lot of virtue in being associate veterinarians Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think the drive is for everyone to become owners at all the time so i think there's um, definitely individual value in, in being an associate um but you know, for us, it wasn't that it wasn't the path, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that was the undertone today that it's like, you know, everything has come down to these decisions that we made and we're basically just following through with them, mm-hmm. which oddly enough, I've had really weird product predictions over the last like four years, you know, mm-hmm. and just saying, I think this is going to happen then. And I think this should happen then. Um, it's kind of manifest destiny, right? You know, so it's like, you know, if that's all you're thinking about all the time and every decision you make is based on making this successful, of course, you're going to have it come to fruition. But it was one of these where I'm like, you know, my prediction is before 2020 rolls around, we're going to have to have a new building, Yeah. you know, and it wasn't necessarily lease driven. It was just volume. Well, and the volume's there yeah. now. Um, yeah. But it, but it speaks to the fact that, uh, and, and the idea being that our limiting factor at this point is literally physical space. Yeah. That it, it's it's not so much that it's yeah we're we're that much, you know, like we're is astronomically better or anything yeah. like like I believe that you know from a medicine perspective we are definitely very good. Yeah. But that's not taking away from anybody else that practices veterinary medicine. Yeah. Yeah. But the scalability and the reason that physical space became our limiting factor was sourced in high quality business practice yep. and a ridiculous yep. amount of culture management. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Extremely yeah. high level of yeah. that. Which is not your, and we've talked about this and which we will actually lead into a little bit as we get way down the road in our podcast and start to talk about um, the business side of things. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not an investment that one people think they need to make, mm-hmm. you know, is actually hire the people to essentially create culture um, and really doubling down on its importance within the organization. Um, to me, I, I, we're on the same page with this, but it just carries and bleeds over into so many different things. I mean, I think, again, this again be sort of a recap episode. I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing um, all the different people who have been clients who actually have listened to our podcast. And, you know, uh, I had um, um, one come through here um, just this last week and um, uh, with her patient for just standard wellness. Mm -hmm. And it was surprising to me, you know, because up to this point, I'm like, ah, it's just us and it's, you know, coworkers or whatever, you know, Uh, maybe some 
colleagues and so on and so forth. But to get kind of feedback from like, no, this is what you guys are doing is applicable to multiple industries, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, you're, you're totally to credit for that. Um, you know, just saying, well, I've done this in other businesses <laughs> that has worked. You need to do this too. For what oh, it's worth, okay. it's works the best here. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I'm here. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and ultimately it's like, you know, I mean, a part of it is just smiling and nodding like, yeah. yep, let's do that. Yeah. Um, but it's even to fall upon what our core values were in the beginning. It was just trust. It was just like, Oh, you're running a business that tells people they should do th- this one thing when they come to you for advice and like no one else is really taking your advice. And the problem is that they're not taking your advice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Let's be a statistical outlier right. here and take the advice. Just see what happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, yeah, the, 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 the basement was, it couldn't get any worse. Exactly. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, so, um, but again, I have enjoyed, you know, just one saying, wow, this could be really applicable to my job and I'm not a veterinarian. Um, you know, I've had some people come back around and say, I didn't realize the veterinary profession was like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize things where, where they are. Um, but I think the it, that that part has been very very rewarding. Um, just to know that, like you said, from a scalability standpoint, and saying, yeah, I think what we're not necessarily what we're saying is always going to be right, or sometimes it won't be wrong. But pretty much across the board, it's what needs to be done. Right, and that was in your speech today too. That was kind of what I grabbed onto was when you were, uh, you know using your shorthand to create longhand um, <laughs> yes. you talked about how this is you know you're 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 not really yeah the the building is a is is a, a symbol of yeah. the idea that yep, yeah it's time to take the next step yes um, yep. and as we've been doing that in a you know a facility that is essentially a retrofit yeah and has allowed the creation of these processes uh, yeah. to develop and become more fine-tuned yeah now it's like no now we know that they work yeah now let's really maximize on it and then yeah. you know as, as as similar to as we were talking about some of the problems and how we can you know control what you can this is a, a way of saying okay we're still going to control what we can but we're going to size it up because yep. now as scalability comes up now our impact can become much more yeah and and then from here is just you know it's just another stepping stone yeah. essentially this is not you know we you break ground on a on a, a substantially larger yeah. facility yeah. and and you and I and and Katie and Annie too all look at it as just the next thing right it's not the thing it's not the thing it's not the end of yeah. the road it's not like wow this is like the success we wanted yeah it's a part of the process yes to creating in uh a revolutionary type yeah. change yes and uh as dr katie is walking yes. in now um we're just kind of talking about how the, the the building itself is is not necessarily like the goal right it's not because like wow we really want this big monument to ourselves right it's more about this is we move forward from here. We, we yeah. needed this as the, the next yeah. block. It's essentially the tool. We talk yeah. about the toolbox, you mm-hmm. know, between all of our processes and, you know, what's soon going to be uploaded content and, you know, podcasts to come in the future. Those are all just tools. And it's I think we had brought it up in one of our other episodes where money is the same way. Money is just a tool, yeah. you know, and, and if we can 
look at it and use our toolbox in a way that basically drives what our core purpose is, you know, serving the patient, educating the caregiver. And, um, that's then where I, you know, kind of came upon that, you know, for us to be sort of these industry leaders or to revolutionize, be the force of change within the veterinary profession. The other part clearly has to be well-being. Mm -hmm. You know, our intent is, and it it was kind of, that's kind of what I said, the thing, which I think we should actually probably, um, get our hands on the video we could probably actually link that into this like oh, just yeah. a three minuter mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and saying for those people who couldn't be present but the idea is is that you know for it's just purpose and it's focusing on well-being and that's kind of the crossroads that this is it's just where purpose and well-being comes together we're sick and tired of being sick and tired we're not going to victimize ourselves we're going to become creators and coaches and we're just going to make things better and it's just the clinic is just a tool right that's all it is it's, it's not like you said it's not a monument so we're going to we're going to go a little off the beaten path a little bit because the folks that have been uh consistent listeners have heard a lot about you. <laughs> One of them's your brother, so right. there's that. Yeah, right. Uh shout out to Christopher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh for everyone that is not aware, this is Dr. Katie. Hello. Uh and so basically this is the other half of the uh ownership team yes. of paw health yes. not necessarily just the uh yeah. i tried to sneak in a 5149 but she caught it <laughs> i don't think that's how marriage works yeah not in wisconsin <laughs> not it wouldn't wisconsin. matter in wisconsin <laughs> it would not matter yeah, how those documents are drafted you guys might have it different is. last names but you're really legally yeah. the same people yeah so congratulations yeah. Yeah. right but uh you know not to you know that we need to hear your whole story but we talk a lot about how you know, this culture has developed itself. And the cool part about it is you guys had this, you know, this idea five years ago that it's like, I want to do this. I'm not really sure how yet, but I think Katie had more tolerance than an idea in the beginning. There's that. It was, it was <laughs> tolerating my ideas and then it turned into, well, well and then implementing your ideas. Correct. Too. And then, it, and then it turned into, well, Carlo, not all ideas are great ideas, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you know, so when we talk about her being not a persecutor, but a challenger, it's, you know, committed to success that that's what that is, you know, mm-hmm. committed to the idea, committed to progress in a very humbling way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Dr. Katie, yeah, well, is there anything like, you would like to share with the world? Well, I mean, just again, like Carlos said today, like he's he's in the clouds a lot. Let's get a little closer. Yeah, fix that yeah. arm a little We're bit. learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're good. You're good. Okay. He, oh. he tends to have his uh, head in the clouds a lot, and sometimes that yeah. doesn't always fit with reality. Yeah. And so there needs yeah. to be a, a second... Uh, sounding board right know. well I'd we talk about that on here a lot where it's not necessarily that that's a weakness or no. like, like it like it like right. a like a or i shouldn't say that it's it's not an anchor it's just yes. the fact that it's yeah you you started to understand that is like actually that's a major strength uh. right but you also need the implementers yeah. <laughs> well i think that's it. a part of part of the growth process and growing pain so to speak is both of us realizing that we needed that other piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, you couldn't be practical all the time because you aren't going to grow right. if you don't push the limits. Mm-hmm. That being said, if we don't have some kind of uh, 
foot practical in thinking. reality, practical thinking, <laughs> right, yeah. we aren't actually going to get to where we need to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now, before me, how did that go? Because I, like, I, I saw, I, I was, I was year, I was the beginning of year three, I believe, uh, or year two. I think year when two. Ke- uh, originally? Because it was, it was Annie's first day was my first day, technically. Correct. So that would have been. Beginning of, a se- damn close to beginning of year two. Yes. So we made it through a year, because it would have been that summer. And you were at a different clinic, the, not before, like, before that day. Or, and, Previous employer, previous employer, yeah. but you when Paw Health came around, then you were here full time, right? But before that, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. had a lot of experience with varying sizes, even yeah. of clinics. Yeah, I, so my first job out of vet school was in a rural mixed animal practice, so two doctor. Um, primarily dairy and small animal dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I moved to a like corporate-owned hosp- corporate hospital um, with three... I was the third of three doctors. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of the issues there, that also coincided with like the major economic downturn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so seeing how a co- like a corporate practice handled some of their policies during that was eye-opening. I bet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. Check your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. What not to do. Um, and from there, I moved on to a privately owned, again, multi-doctor practice. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and kind of a legacy type practice, yeah. you know, where it's what we talk about or have talked about before is sort of being the giants on whose shoulders you need to stand, mm-hmm. you know, where it's thank you for the service, essentially. You know, it's if it wasn't for trendsetters such as that, we wouldn't have a job in today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it said at the thing today is there's a time to recognize when it's time for tradition to move on. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the only alternative to tradition is corporate medicine is there is a there is a third path. And that's we kind of talk about our, you know, purpose and well-being. But um, yeah, and, not, and not to interject, but yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the one, I think styles. the one real big takeaway from all of those jobs, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure Carla would agree with this, uh, would be all of those, like the owners or the like regional managers, the, right? Or, the managers, yeah. uh-huh. however you want to look at whoever the leader in that practice was, they were good people. Right. They right. They were very good people. Yeah. Um, but change, you know, v- change is hard. And you know this is this is the way we do it, yeah. And and very resistant to change, which yeah. and it bleeds out into a lot of like unnecessary opportunities for resistance. It's right. like okay, fine, we're rooted in tradition. This is the way it's always been. But it's like uh, it comes back to the joke I made a few weeks ago, like um, being becoming comfortable with the toilet paper. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> there there are some things where it's like it doesn't really matter if we make this one process a little newer. It's not it's not going to make a big difference here, but it will. Um, and and then from a negative impact right, standpoint, right. if what the we try risk to, is very low, but thank the you, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, high. exactly. And in smaller processes, as much as larger processes, but mm-hmm. it's if you're not even willing to take a risk on the small, easy stuff. 
you're never going to make it beyond the big stuff and mm-hmm. then you just stay where you're at right you know so was, i think we had earlier on we had talked about that um in having um the same doctor's meeting for you know six <laughs> right. months straight yeah. with the same minutes mm-hmm. with the same lack of implementation it's mm-hmm. not to say the solutions weren't there um you know i think there's always the opportunity for solutions, some better than others. And that's almost know. a direct reflection of your educational experience, too. Yeah. Right. Where you, you, know, you say that you know, the, the same problems have existed for however long. And yeah. It's just you just keep having the same meeting yep. over and over and over again, yep. which is fun. like that's kind. I mean, not that you guys had the same meeting over and over again, but that was actually where I we came along. Yeah, right? pretty much not having the same meeting over and over. Yeah. Again. And I know that there was you know some initial I don't remember the actual exacts but that's what that's what it turned into yeah it's like you know what what can we control yeah uh because from coming from those different types of practices too especially one that's built on large corporate like i've worked for large corporate a little bit and there's not a whole lot you actually can control so i can only imagine what it was like within a veterinary practice right yeah and it's i think even in that capacity from a corporate standpoint i think when you look at your traditional hierarchy of corporate medicine um (coughs) top down it's going to be look at how great we are you know i mean almost exclusively (laughs) right and i think that's the one part where we start to talk about ground floor administration and in the dirt administration and you know in the trenches administration it's it's completely negating that opportunity for saying you know if you talk to any one employee now again let's go ahead and make a leap of faith here, right? So let's say there is a clinic that actually has more accountable than unaccountable employees, which in corporate medicine, I would argue is probably the opposite, but let's just go under mm-hmm. the assumption that more of those employees are going to be accountable to core values. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you look at that and saying, um, let's go to these individuals and say, is it really actually as great as the CEO thinks it is? You know, mm-hmm. and we're not just talking bellyache employees that are unaccountable. I hate it here. It's like, well, you're not really aligning with core values. But then it comes back to what we've always said. It's like, okay, are the core values are writing on the wall? Have they been written into decision-making processes? Have they been written into how education occurs within that particular setting? So that's why like I said, leap of faith is assuming that that infrastructure exists, which it doesn't uniformly and -hmm. i think that's where we start to look at some of your large corporate scales where it's like oh this corporate clinic in you know northern arizona it's the best place i've ever worked in my entire life but same employer um eastern maine is trash yeah you know so it's when you start to say all right well if these aren't universal implementable and replicable type processes, then how do you have where a CEO would be able to say, look at how great we are. And it's like, well, yeah, CFO, CEO, they might be looking more at the numbers. And if the numbers are getting put up and the clinics are profitable and the veterinarians are, you know, making production and they're carrying their own weight and, you know, wages might have some, some kickback to the staff. You know, if the clinic does so well, you're going to get a bonus or mm-hmm. we're going to buy the place and you're going to make more if the clinic does better. It's like you can find those kind of easy ways for a compensation. But in the end, when we start to talk about the culture component, the decision making processes, um, and then, like we said, these last several podcasts between um, how we actually uphold accountability, mm-hmm. that's where it just doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist and on that scale. And you saw, so you've worked almost exclusively after hours oh, yeah. in yeah. your in your career. Yeah. Uh-huh. Same thing on your side, which you've worked mostly day practice yep. for yep. the most part. Not that you're immune to the night shift, but <laughs> yeah. did it for uh, a little bit. Yeah. Similar experience. Yeah, I think when we talk about scale, 
so uh, so here is when I look at people saying why they like their corporate job, a lot of it has to do with yeah. time off mm-hmm. benefits yeah. and and just benefit structure in, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've, health, they've come disability, four hundred one k. Like so, it's not it's not necessarily they're they've come to terms with whatever kind of medicine that they're exactly. practicing. The yeah. medicine is good. I mean, it's at least to a Adequate. standard that they feel they're doing a good job mm-hmm. um their work environment you know a lot of people say they want this family environment no i want my family at home and yeah. when i come when i come to work i enjoy the people that i work with mm-hmm. but we are we are co-workers so yeah. there's a level of friendship there mm-hmm. but we have a job to do right um yeah. well it's the idea check it at the door you know, right. I mean, it's you're not coming into work. The rules of it. engagement. The, the rules of engagement, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I read a lot about how people stay. Oh, I'm in this. You know, I'm not getting. There's, I, I see two big groups of veterinarians. Those that are, yep, the atmosphere is okay, but my benefits are great. I'm getting paid a lot of money, so that's what keeps me in this job. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, it's well, I'm getting not. I'm not getting compensated very well, but this is my family mm-hmm. and I can't leave my family. Um, and I don't, I, <laughs> I think it's a dangerous place to be on the ladder. I think both are dangerous. Right. Well, yeah. And I agree. <laughs> I don't yeah. think either the, are, yeah. are ideal. Yeah. I mean, there, there's the former is acceptable. If your at home life is, um, where you sort of, uh, if it's get, fulfilling. if it's fulfillment. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you, if you have a large amount of outside of work fulfillment and you're not pulling that fulfillment from your profession, which there's a lot of people who work jobs that don't get fulfillment from mm-hmm. their work. But I would say overwhelmingly, that's not why most people get into veterinary medicine is they want to pull right. fulfillment from the profession. But like you said, they've essentially settled into saying, well, I'm settling with the fact that I have such a good compensation structure that I can gain my fulfillment outside of work, which how many of those people have some other opportunity for animal fulfillment? I help do volunteer work at a shelter. I rescue mm-hmm. dogs. I do stuff with horses. I do, right. you know, there is then it's some... It's my hobby in some way. Yes, right. my animal hobby is fulfilling, but my animal job is not. But mm-hmm. the compensation still allows me to maintain a certain level of fulfillment, yeah. you know, outside of work. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's probably a, like a, like, as a general rule to a large corporate job. Yeah. Probably have a similar yeah. setting of, you know, talking so that's, about the, right. Yeah. So I would say the, the, a lot of times what I see is the large, the people in the large corporate jobs, again, not that they're bad environments by any set of, by yeah. any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Yeah. Correct. Or yeah. even like, you know, bad people or bad work environments. But a lot of times the, it's the benefits and the, and the pay compensation that is kind of the draw. Yeah. Um, yeah. And on the flip side, those privately owned smaller practices, it's that family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. again, I agree. That's I, where conflict becomes very difficult to maintain consistent resolution in the latter. How fun is conflict at home? Yeah. Right. Right. Like right. I, the way well, we that don't live with each other. I mean, we, <laughs> <laughs> she works days, I work nights. We Sweetly, have the same address. Oddly functional. Yes, we have the same address. I live with my wife. Yes. <laughs> I do not get to speak the same words I do 
do at work. <laughs> the rules of engagement <laughs> are, are different. Yes, yes. So, but to have that at work, it does. It, it actually does detract quite yeah. a bit from your capacity to create accountability. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And that's where I think you know we start to talk about you know nepotism, and it's like you know almost everyone extends that to well, oh my family is going to come work with me. It's like well yeah all right that's like biological family, but if you have really really close you know coworkers where it's like oh this one person who works the front has been here for 25 years that's sort of like grandma to everyone and wow we can't make grandma mad by getting these new fandangled computer systems which allows right. us to maintain our inventory and pricing structure that makes it affordable and have wellness plans and payments it's like well we're right. gonna make grandma mad we're restoring fe- or maintaining <laughs> feelings without yeah with to yeah. at the uh, expense of yeah. progress yes she she has another 10 years before she needs to retire we can't phase her out now look at how right. long she's been here and it's like i'm not saying i want grandma to lose her job i'm not saying that i'm saying let's find a different job for grams right. you know within the organization that would still be fulfilling but allows us to maintain progress well, and that's the, that's the key word, right? Yeah. It's progress. That's yeah. what today is, is progress. Yeah. So you take those two existing structures, yeah. it being corporate and legacy, yeah. the limiting factor to corporate is expense. Yes. So if, if, you requ- if employees require fulfillment via benefits, that's expensive. Yes. Right. And like, there's only so much scaling you can really do, uh, especially because the absence of accountability as a general rule doesn't really allow for you to you know have tough conversations you just have to continue to pay people more and your expenses go up and all that sort of stuff you can't really move the dial forward and then on the legacy side you can't have hard conversations because you're just holding feelings right right and like even if your if your cash flow is okay yeah like you're you're limited in your actual scalability you're stuck in that scheduling type model that we've talked about a few months ago and it just doesn't seem to no. I mean, you can make small steps. Yeah. You can, you can fulfill the processes that you have yeah. if they're, you know, yeah. even if they're unsustainable, you yeah. can still do them well. Well, and look at, I mean, it, we say it all the time. There's two jobs at PAW. You know, there's the cultural job and then there's like the role description, you mm-hmm. know, like what are your tasks when you're here? We're talking about the same exact thing again, right. you know, which again bleeds through to so many things. It's like on one hand you have the job, on the other hand you have the culture. Mm-hmm. And if we can sort of, or we have, but if we can implement a um, policy procedural structure or even just, you know, rule, like we said, rules of engagement, just ways in which we can um, interact with each other where you essentially get the best of both worlds. Right. And I think that's what we're talking about in having this, um, you know, sort of uh, um, patient driven process, mm-hmm. you know, and with having this patient driven process on one side is, um, you know, at least one half of our organization. The other one is, you know, like we had said, or like I said at the speech, you know, I was just saying, you know, their side is well-being, you know, yeah. well-being's culture, right. you know, so it's, it's, we have that. I, I, I don't know that, um, day to day, I think we've talked before how we probably don't have in the moment accountability all the time. I think that's hard to achieve. Um, doesn't mean we can't still strive for it. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that if we fail in the moment accountability, we can't come back to it, you know, and fix it at a later time. It's the same thing with job performance. Just because you screwed up one task once, you know, take your worst case scenario, you know, you're as a doctor, you cut something that bleeds and the patient dies. Or as a tech, you draw up the run, wrong drug and give it and your know, patient dies. I mean, that's like worst case scenario for those jobs. It's like, yep 
pick up the pieces and move on. You know, it right. sucks really, really bad when that happens, but it's an opportunity for learning. It's an opportunity for identification of failure and process. Why did this happen? What can we do to support it? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's still all the same thing. It's just like we said, progress, well-being, you know, culture, core values, and it's here's we are, mm-hmm. you know, I mean... And that's really what, uh, the, you know, from going from next door to here, yep. it was the removal of those barriers. Yeah. Right. That's been the last five years is understanding what's standing in the way from both sides of like, you know, how this yep. world kind of works. And then having a, you know, over the last couple of years, a significant exposure to the education side from yep. an administrative front. Yeah. And then saying, okay, so now we just need to just get over all of these pieces. Yep. And as we've continued to get over them, like somehow still achieving, you know, day to day success while making progress, Mm -hmm. it's difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like our uh, um, talking about forgiveness last week was like getting over it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when it comes to forgiveness, the person forgiving is making the sacrifice and needs to get over it. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what we said is that, you know, Katie and I, there's a lot of things that we have been mad about there's lots of things that we can be mad about there's lots of things that we can continue to hold on to but the reality is part of our ability to forgive those past experiences is what then getting over into okay here's a solution-based system i had this negative experience why did that negative experience occur i need to let go you know because we didn't have the opportunity for exoneration or forbearance it was essentially just release all we had the opportunity was for i i have to let this go because if i don't let this go it's going to continue to negatively impact me Mm -hmm. that's what this is it's us looking at the industry overview and saying here's all these things that we hate and we're going to be mad at those things and we're going to continue to let these things victimize us it's like oh or we can sort of just let it go you know Mm -hmm. forgive the fact that these factors exist and then Mm -hmm. essentially comment to what's on the other side right that's what we talk about with the no fault with yeah, the caregiver experience exactly. too, right? Yeah. Like the edu- you can't really blame either side. You don't blame the education structure. You don't blame the legacy and the corporate structure because they saw opportunities. Yeah, it's just advancement. Yeah, and, and it's not even that like advancement didn't happen. Like this industry has advanced. Yeah, how far yeah. in forty right. years? Right. And now it's just like, what's the next step? And it yeah. feels like that's kind of, I don't know if it was related directly to 2008. I'm sure with your experience, with where you were, mm-hmm. you saw like yeah. whatever progress was being made. It was yeah. like, yeah, right. Cash flow's gone, guys. Yeah, like yep. we got to tighten up. <laughs> yep. Well, and that right, that's exactly that's exactly it because that model, that model that uh, that the corporate medicine was um, kind of pushing called for a pretty good level of disposable income right people had to have money to spend and Mm -hmm. and they just didn't have it anymore right and that that's been a substantial focus for our um like when we start to talk about all the business stuff uh in our industry overview it's essentially that it's protecting cash flow you know not not protecting cash flow for the clinic it's protecting cash flow for the caregiver who comes through the door right you know um and i think it's the you know, old proverb of, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't want to have to be in a position where I have a room nine o'clock at night where children should be in bed, but you see two parents with, or one parent with 
one to three kids in the room and an animal who's sick and you're like, okay, well, if there was anyone else who could help this person, these three children would not be in this room right now, but that doesn't exist for this family. Yeah. It's like, oh, and I'm kicking out an invoice, which I would consider to be relatively modest, but to them, you know, is going to be a lot of money mm-hmm. and saying, I don't like the fact that that is where we are at, mm-hmm. you know, and saying for us to protect cash flow. Um, it wasn't, it was in part related to the 2008 to 10 economic crisis. It was related to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's recognizing that I don't think I ever want to be in that position ever again. Right. You know, I, I don't want associates to be in that position anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it does still happen on a day-to-day process, but, um, we have a vested interest in finding those solutions for those families so that we can maintain our patient oriented service. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said, the protection of cash flow is how can we protect your cash flow? Right. You know, right. I mean, we have, we have a vested interest in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, you made the joke about um, stepping over a dollar to pick up 10 dimes, yeah, you know, right, right. it's, you're still it's in a little the more end. work. It's more you work to get there. Yep. But that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the business model that has been adopted here because yeah. like could we charge the dollar i know i still laugh at that he got me laughing really good a couple <sighs> weeks ago where it was like what, what were you saying it was about how why do you it was the question of the holiday span surcharge <laughs> yeah. and it oh, was yeah. the the caregiver that asks why do i have to pay this yes and my response and this isn't the reason no why, this, but it, it was, was a joke it was a satirical it was a joke, joke out of yes. frustration it was like because we can yeah <laughs> Right, and, and that's and not what it's there no, for at no, all. No. It, it, but it, yeah. it, 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 we could do that yeah. as a general yeah. rule. And that was like that. He he said it as a satirical joke, and it's like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, "Holy shit! I never thought about that before. Yeah. I, I never actually ever considered that we were in a position where we could just gouge clientele, overcharge simply because we can. Yeah, like it never like." Like, I understand that exists. I'm not saying, like, I'm so naive as to assume, you know, you go into human ER, you know, the prices are going to be, you know, five times more. I mean, whatever that stat happens to be. I know that that exists. It just has never been a driving force for me. I I never thought of it that way. Well, and that's the thing, too. You look at the human side. Does the ER, are they price gouging or is it because of the availability of services? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Supply and demand, you know, uh, people not being able to get time off work, you know, uh, people not having insurance. I I mean, it's just, it's the plain and simple fact that to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, yeah. all the weekends, yeah. all the holidays. Yeah. Staffed for 100% of contingencies. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah, right now, I need this right now. Well, right. we got someone coming in seven hours from now who can help you. Nope. You it, know. Seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. There are costs associated yeah, with that. There is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When you don't get to close down at five o'clock each night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. But again, you talk about like what we could do right versus what we actually do right right and, it, and it, it's it's because of that driving force that's at the base of this whole thing is serve the patient right, right. Yeah. so understanding that when you walk into that education room and have yeah. to have that conversation with the single mom or dad that right. has three kids it's right. like i know you're here at 10 o'clock at night like, do I want to see what I can squeeze out of you? Right. Or am I here to serve your patient? Right. right. Like, no, it's, right. it's like we have limiting factors right. based on cost. Absolutely. Right. But how can we have that 
and serve your patient at the same time. Yeah. That's, that's really what it comes down to, which is like from a pure capitalist perspective, when you yeah. look at like economically supply and demand, it's kind of back ass where it's picking up 10 dimes, <laughs> but you still get a dollar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to sort through the gravel to get the 10 dimes. And then once you do, you got the same amount. It's a little, like you said, it's a little more work. Right. You know, but in the end, it's. And it's then when you pair that with extremely transparent pricing, good service. Like when you put those items all together and you appreciate caregivers and their patients when they're there, like then you move next door. Right. 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 Like that's progress. That's that's yeah. the day to day success that leads to the next stepping stone. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of neat. Yeah. And that's, but it's, but again, yeah. you look at the stuff that we've talked about for the last couple of months. Yeah. If you don't have a good culture to go with it, yeah. good luck. Right, right. Well, <laughs> if you can't have hard conversations yeah. about when you fail in your day-to-day process because it does happen. Well, yeah. And that's exactly, I was just going to say, I think a big part of progress is that taking the time to accept that there are going to be times where you fail mm-hmm. and learn from it. Right, right. What Universally could we have done better? From it, right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just always administration pointing at the staff or owners pointing at the staff. You mess the you and you and you and you. It's like that's the that's I think honestly from a, that's why I love the after action report. Yeah. I just I just love it. Mm-hmm. I just I, I love it because if it's done appropriately, mm-hmm. you're going to be having administration and process held to the same standard as the remainder of the medical team, which is exactly what you need to do when you break hierarchy. Right. Like there's no way that I'm not saying in armed forces, obviously they have hierarchy and the after action works. However, they are all equally as accountable to the process. Right. You know, right. so it's, they have it's it from just a structure. Whose ass gets chewed first. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Which right. actually does kind of happen in our spot too. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Oh do, yeah. We do have leads and all that, you know, yeah. like our, our eight to eights or myself as office generalist or, yeah. or you know, if, if with yeah. Annie and all that, yeah. like if something were to really come down, like we do sort of have a communication flow, yeah. which if, with from a naive perspective you could say is hierarchy but absolutely everyone's ultimately held to the same standard correct yeah and i think that works on their front too in the yeah. armed forces yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and that's the core value part and that's why i think you know i think we've said it several times now but core values and purpose are essentially what drives decision making like mm-hmm. that that i think is the takeaway of the majority of the podcast we've had up to this point is it's right. i don't think innately i don't feel like most people consider those factors that drive their decisions it's just i made a decision about this <laughs> which i think is still okay sometimes i want people just to make decisions even if it's wrong decisions because they took the initiative to make the decision right. what i'm saying is when it's consistent behavioral issues um interpersonnel problems you know i mean the medical stuff is easy i drew up the wrong drug i did the wrong procedure i mean that's like black and white but we're talking more about the other half where it's what is driving your day-to-day decision making on how you function within the workplace mm-hmm. you know and it comes back to what we said a few minutes ago like between you know, having, having grandma working there to, you know, um, just the family dynamic of some of these more legacy practices. It's like, yeah, it worked (laughs) as a past tense, you know, I'll be honest though. There are so many small businesses that operate exactly like that. I'm sure. And that's ultimately the limiting factor in most of them. If nepotism is the right word, like it's probably the best word I can think of right now. Your limiting factor is your... uh, 
Look at that mouse. Holding up. Oh, there's a mouse. Look at that. <laughs> the little guy, too. Yeah, he's fresh. He's, yeah, he's just checking stuff out. Okay. He's just making and sure we, that we're doing our job. Yeah, right. Yeah. Same as that guy that would just rolled up in the truck. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that guy was all about. He was trying to get the lo- the, the, the bucket. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's going to drive it to Kowalski. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, coming back uh, to a segue. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, but you said small businesses and family. That's fa- small, so like, much of the time. The quote mom the, and pop, right? The mom and pop yeah. shop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's always the limiting factor. Yeah. And then all like is that emotional management yeah. and not being able to have tough conversations yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So look at look at the, look at the talent pool. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're running a legacy practice, right? And mm-hmm. you have then um, different core values driving decision making. You pull a, a younger I, I, I mean I, young is going to be kind of a, a tough way of putting it because I don't want to give off the impression of immature versus mature we're just saying someone mm-hmm. culturally who is equally as capable in the job to perform the task they are just simply younger in age Yeah, and mm-hmm. the influences that they have on a day to day basis from social media Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat all those you know real world type experiences to then come into one of these more legacy practices where it's run literally like culture was in the 80s like they're going to be completely a fish out of water yeah and it's these people are weird you know and it's like they're thinking think oh this person is uh, you know cocky or you know they're not integrating well and I think that's then where, um, yeah, it, it becomes like we had said before, where you start to have sort of this unnecessary conflict. Yeah. And, you know, you want, uh, I'm not saying that it's an ageism thing where old people versus young people, it's nothing to do with that. Well, I think and it's unfortunately, just, like, we're starting to ageism ourselves. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're starting I, to get we, middle I of the road ageism. Con- like a yeah. very similar conversation last night, because if we think about yeah. our ourselves and the kind of group we have as our what we consider leadership team and like our eight to eights kind of our core people um we are not exactly but we are similarly aged right Mm -hmm. yes um and a lot if we look at our current new hires they are in decades when we were in college right (laughs) Right. They were born when we were in high school and yeah. college. I think right. Carlo called that getting old. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh. Yes. 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 It's when I learned that the old people are on Facebook. The yes. young people right. are on Instagram. Yep. And yes. the snaps. The snaps. For the, for the gram. Yeah, the yeah gram. for the gram. Yes, the grams <laughs> and like the snaps and how that doesn't happen yes with that group of people yes, yes. when you I look at half of your staff and they don't know what instagram is right yeah. and then your other half is like you're not on instagram right what? it's one of those swiping left no, no. that's tinder that's tinder there that's we go tinder. <laughs> i don't think that's technically social media no i don't really yeah. know i don't see i don't no, know which i'll see memes i don't know which way is the right direction where they're like no swipe whites swipe left i'm like am I, is it it which is be, do i want to be a swipe I think right swipe right is good but also i was married before tinder was a thing correct but now we're gonna go back to katie's point of talking correct. about how we're all getting old <laughs> <laughs> but our but our staff is continuously because because of the like the way that the especially the technician well, and the support side is too the, like it, it breeds the point being people. like a lot of our ideas are well we were we were just the we were our ideas came from when we were the 
young kids in the Correct. clinic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and now yeah. we're no longer the young kids in the clinic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's it was when I had one of my last meetings with um, uh, my previous employers when it was kind of they, they you know, essentially cut me loose. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one I, I think I remember telling you this, one of the gentlemen at the table, one of the board members, he was like, it wasn't until this meeting that I failed to realize that we're the old guys in the room now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it, they, it was kind of that coming moment for them that it's like, hey, look at Carlo. Carlo came to our organization when he was 25, 24, Six. something like that. Yeah, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, now the young kid is coming in with this new idea that even for them, wait, it was, don't get me wrong, 100% of Paw Health has been risk. Um, <laughs> you know, what what new business isn't? But, um, you know, for them, it, it was it was you know, we don't want to go back on the promise we had made, you know, to the veterinarians in the area on competing services. And I mean, like I said, I respect the core values by which they function. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said, that, that, that is what fits for them and their board and their administrative team. So, I mean, I, I have nothing to say sideways about mm-hmm. that. It's just, that's what governs them in their decision-making process. Um, but it was that meeting where I was like, there'll be a day, there'll be a day when mm-hmm. I'm sitting at that table yeah. and uh, I'm also a little so too conservative that was, We were thought. at the table yesterday and, and my yep. point to, you know, some of the um, lead staff was we need to, you know, we need to keep an open mind and remember that these staff members, yeah. they are young. They are excited, yeah. but they are young and they need one they need us to help guide them and teach them how to do this job. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we need them to like keep us fresh. Keep us right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. New ideas. Um, and we need to be open to new ideas and, yeah. and yeah, um, I not let that door close. Yeah. Right. One of my, one of my favorite, um, things like, and I share it every time it comes through Facebook. I know you both, you guys have seen it. The Frank Zappa, um, where he talks about, um, basically when kind of like hippie music was starting to come around um it was you know the old guys sitting in the chair were like i don't know what this is but just send it to print you know put this on a record and get it out there you know yeah. and it sells a couple million and then they get some young hippie as a consultant to deliver coffee and distribute the mail and then the young hippies sitting in the chair and won't take risks anymore yeah. you know it's just like well i don't really see the value in this it's like that's not progress right. and like i said i share all the time it's, it's a really really um famous little clip but um you're exactly right is it, it keeps you fresh as soon as you get that feeling that you're sitting in the boardroom and you're sitting in the executive's chair because you've earned that position. You've already failed the purpose. You've already failed mm-hmm. progress. Right. Yeah. You know? That was probably one of my favorite parts about the consulting role. Cause I could just jump in and take the most naive look and say, where are the gaps yeah. that I see from the, like potentially the lowest level. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're saying is we, you, you roll in a 20 year old medical support staff that has very limited experience in the veterinary industry, if any at all. Right. They, even from a, just a, a, you know, a trainings perspective, like I just want to work with animals. Like they just come in all hot. Like I'm excited. Please teach me how to do this well. Right. And then they, they point out something and say, Hey, I think we could do this better. Like provide a solution. Right. Like I, or even just staging a potential issue yep. from their perspective. And so many uh, employers, f- yeah. employers as a general rule would be like, well, this is why we do this this way. Yeah. Or that's the way we do it because that's the way it's always been done. Yes. When you say those 
well, especially the second thing, like, yeah, you're you're officially jammed. Done. You're done. You're <laughs> right. like you're not baseballs jammed. Yes, we've been jammed. Yes, yes. Thank you for yeah. catching that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, but like that's that's the end of the road. That from that point, as soon as that's your mindset, there's yep. no more moving next door. No, there's no more yeah. stepping stone. <laughs> right. Right. Like if yeah. mm-hmm. it's you can't scale from that point. Yeah. yeah. So you have to value those people, but also appreciate. You know, explain, create. You know, as we talked in our all staff meeting, which obviously people in the podcast weren't right a part of, but it's like you have to understand the how. You have to provide them the how to do something extremely well, yep. which is you know our implementers, Katie, uh, myself, and, and Annie. But then you also have to have the why question. Yeah. Right. And when you when you <laughs> yeah, what did what did Rachel say that? I you answered all the questions she didn't even know she had. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You didn't answer the question she asked, no. though, which then we yeah. had to remember what the question yeah. was yeah. and then yeah. actually answer it. Yeah. But both of those have value, uh, yeah. and to me, a significant amount of value, because then when you provide both and then they still say, well, this very specific thing, like let's let's improve it based on your purpose, and yeah. I think this is how we can do it better, because the likelihood of our purpose changing and the reason that that whatever it might be was around is extremely low. Like the, 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 the idea of changing purpose is extremely low. Correct. I think no matter where paw health ends up, the purpose is going to forever be serve the patient. Um, whether it's at a yeah. local level, all no. the way up to yeah. a, you know, a national right. worldwide, whatever yeah. it might be. How yeah. do we serve the patient better? Yeah. Done. Um, patient advocacy exactly so so yeah you take your 20 year old um that made you know like one of the things that's um on instagram right now i have an instagram sure that's what <laughs> i'm just putting that out oh. there it's okay is there, there's a ben, it's okay i recognize that you you are in that like gray area between yes the the, the the young noobs as yes. my daughter likes to say yes. and <laughs> Carlo and I, yes. the old people in the room. I yeah. all, I know what it means when the TV went snow. Yes, but I also have a Snapchat. Yes, <laughs> and we just talked about that last night. Yeah, we, Katie, and I were talking about oh, that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you that don't know, I'm not. No, going it there. Yeah, you're if you don't know mind. what it means, you're not going to yeah, get it if, now. Yeah, if they don't know that the TVs used to turn themselves off, <laughs> not on a sleep timer. Yeah, not on a sleep timer. But uh, yeah, I am an I am an interest in an interesting spot between those two. Uh, and I, I actually I don't even remember what my point was. Do you remember what I was talking about? Uh, <laughs> it's crap. Yeah, this happens. Oh, answer! Uh, I'm getting there. Yeah. I got the wheels. Got to turn you a have little an bit. Instagram. You said there was something on Instagram. No, oh, the, yes, there's a, yes. there's an Instagram account it, called vet, vet Tech Probs um, Problems, right? Sure, right. Yes. And it's just caregiver complaining. Sure. So yeah. now, if I were to look at that, and I was 20 years old, as similar to I'm gonna I'm just gonna use the abbreviation NOMV. Sure. Uh, yeah, similar, but not to the extent. But it's yes. like it's caregiver complaining yeah. a, lot, a lot of times. Which yeah. there's to in this specific instance, like you guys have never been exposed to it because you're not a part yeah. of that, you know, yeah. mechanism. Yeah. And it's funny, like yeah. there is humor right. to it, yeah. but it's also uh, a way to edify shitty thoughts. Correct. It's a way to say, yeah, I've had that experience with a caregiver. Somebody else has. Yeah. Well, now I can just complain about it. Right. Right. Or. We could say, you know, because then if they walk in with a solution of like, hey, 
somebody else is seeing this too in a completely different part of the world like how can we get out in front of it yeah because I've seen it also, and then when the when the 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 the, the top brass comes down and says, "Well, no, we just do this this way because this is the way it's always been done." Yeah, disparagement. Yeah, uh, loss of bond spectrum alignments in some yeah. instances. Like it hits yeah. all three of our major pieces. Yeah, in an Instagram post, and right. somebody and somebody trying to create a solution. Right, and that's honestly when with our next episode jumping into onboarding and performance management and mentorship. Excuse me, that's like so much of that process is yep. understanding. Like, is this person going to be a creator? Right. Oh, are they, absolutely. Are they going to be yes. culturally aligned yeah. and become a creator? Because I want the person that's on Instagram finding problems that we don't we're not even aware of right or they're right. on TikTok or right you guys have you even heard of TikTok well I am aware that vines went away and then TikTok came up TikToks are longer yeah same yeah. general principle yeah yeah <laughs> also way more dancing yeah sure yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah. But you know, you, you as the as the world advances in whatever way that it does, yeah. you have the creators that come on board. So then, our next set of our next series is going to be essentially how do you determine who those people are? Yeah, and then how do you how do you encourage that? Give yeah. them the guideline to succeed, yeah. and then also the authority essentially to say, Hey, this is a problem. Yeah. Right. right. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we've been building up to is exactly that. I think when we initially had our two podcast series about core values, it was the trust component is that when we bring a new uh, staff member into the team, the other team members need to trust us administration and say that we vetted these people before they even got here. Yeah. You know, there's never ever going to be a perfect candidate coming into any business, let alone our business, but your perfect candidate would be someone who understands your core values, whose decision-making is based upon your core values and understands a hundred percent of your processes exists zero. It's that, not that possible. Those people, it's not right? possible no. as a new hire. So that's where, like we said, between the forgiveness, between uh, you know, accepting that some of the new people coming on the team are going to be what keeps us fresh from an idea standpoint. Um, <clears throat> I think you're exactly right. Is that whole next series is I find it incredibly fascinating to be mm -hmm. honest, onboarding the tricore to that whole model. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even the performance review process. I think our performance review process um, has always been semi clunky, but I feel like it's getting better every single time we go through a round, which yeah. is twice a year, Yeah, you know? So it's, and it's stepping away from a peer review system. Right. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's just not. Is that what it was? Yes. Oh yeah, that's Before standard. we. Before That's a veterinary standard? Veterinary yeah. standard is it's peer, peer review. review. Yeah, peer Correct. review. So fill out hmm. this document to rate this employee who's going to have their raise yeah. this month. Yeah. And What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Yeah. And hmm. it turns into of the 15 employees who get peer reviews, the office manager is going to get maybe 50% back, maybe 25% yeah. back. And it's mm -hmm. going to be just a shit fest on half right. of those. I don't yeah. like this person because... Well, and th I think the another big kind of final piece to like the solution puzzle mm -hmm. is self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can say, yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. there's this problem or the environment, you know, we can blame certain people or environments or the caregiver, but if we aren't willing to take a step back and look at our role in what happened, mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. Because we again, we are all human. There's there's no way we can do everything right all the time. No. Right. I screw up constantly. <laughs> and constantly, <laughs> constantly. Right. Yeah. And I, I love it when I do too. Because wow, look how where I look where I can get better. Yeah. Well, that, and that's uh, just it. We have to mindset, take that before. and say, yep, and own it. Yeah. Yep. I could have done better here. Mm-hmm. Right. And. Okay. And here's how I'm going and to he, do better. Exactly. Yeah. And here's how I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And if I can't, you have a whole group of people around right. you who either can or will help find right. out a new way how. I call Ben right. up. I'm like, Ben, this is the problem I'm having. Mm-hmm. Where I need some tools because I right. know what I've done in the past hasn't worked. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know. Or I go talk to Annie and like, even for like, to me, one of my biggest issues is, uh, you know, I, I, is like emotional like management sometimes like when i get i don't get mad often but when yeah. i do it's like full eye oh, mad <laughs> i just want to kill everything yeah and yeah. uh you know like that's when i go to annie right as it's like not even so much like a sounding board to listen to me complain but it's like i don't i just need to tell you that this problem exists right. Right. i'm just gonna let it out like yeah. just like i'm upset i don't like the fact that i am and i'm gonna yeah. try to not be Oh, they're coming to get the tent. Yeah. So that means that we're going to pause this thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, think say, we, I think we got just a minute yeah, uh, before um, they start yanking the sides off. So moving forward then, number one, thanks for joining us, Katie. Yeah. Today was a great day. Today a little, was a great day. A little chilly, but you it. know what? We're stepping stone right behind stepping you. Stone. It's pretty crazy. I yeah. mean, it is. I'm excited. Literally crazy. As no one can hear you as you're turning yeah. away from the microphone. <laughs> it looks... It looks bigger on paper. It, it, it's going to look huge in person. <laughs> <sighs> Everyone's like, is that how big it is with the stakes? I'm yes. like, guys, that's gigantic. I feel like, I feel like that's lobby to. No, that's lobby to storage. No, it is. Can't be. Go walk it off. Doing it. All right. <laughs> so we're going to stop that thought before we watch Carlo walk behind us here and say uh, next week we're going to be jumping into uh, onboarding mentorship and performance management, yeah. kind of some more specific processes uh, in how we handle that. Yeah. Um, Again, several part series. Several parts. Yeah. If you guys look at the industry overview up into that top right corner, it's mm-hmm. pretty much the whole right side of that hexagon yep. between Tricore onboarding. Um, which we might end up having to just rework that whole triangle, but we'll get there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm oh. sure we'll have some crazy thoughts. Yeah. A living, breathing document. Living, yeah, breathing absolutely. document. Yeah, we'll <laughs> put like Grant on it. Grant, Grant's amazing. So, uh, so yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, it's been a great day, and we will see you guys next week. Oh.